Hello and welcome to this episode of Irreligiosophy, the One True Podcast, uh, where we've been uh, carrying out feudal revolts against Rome since 19... (laughs) fucking whatever. (laughs) 2009? Uh, 19 fucking whatever. (laughs) You don't even realize when we got started. And my first question is, is that feudal with a D or futile? Futile. Multiple futile revolts. (laughs) Well, as long as we have our tagline in order, I think we can continue. God, I'm tired. All right, uh... Let's jump right into, how about this latest iTunes review uh, from Herodotus BCE. Apparently the zombie of Herodotus has risen from the dead simply to give us an iTunes review. By the way, Herodotus, big fan. Big fan, so, yes. He says, great five stars, what a couple of hayseeds. Love the way the smart one Hanukkah. I think what he's trying to say is, I love the way the smart one pronounces Hanukkah. Um, as I was uh, editing our latest podcast, I was cringing because I said Hanukkah every time, except for the last one. I got it right on the last one. You're, you're clearly rubbing off on me, Layton. Well, I, I'm glad that I am bringing forth part of my good personality. Worst show ever. Even the Hindu, even the Hindu one was better. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> I love Herodotus. This guy rocks. Keep up the good work, dipshits. You guys rule. Well, see, although I, I love Herodotus's review, I gotta admit, Crazed Cat Lady had me chuckling pretty good. Uh, her review is entitled Fantabulous, and it states, Brilliant and entertaining. Chuck has more knowledge than God himself could only dream of having. Leighton's offensive jokes put Satan to tears. Keep it up, Jesus, and I love you. I'm, su- <laughs> I'm surprised that Jesus is hanging out with a crazed cat lady. You uh, you apparently make baby Satan cry. <laughs> well, that's because he's laughing so hard. All right, next we're going to uh, highlight an article sent to us by listener Anders entitled... And- before you tell the title, this actually explains why the curse on my penis hasn't been working. Right. Uh, the title is called The Dangers of Masturbation. Now, this is uh, a blog, and, and, you know, as usual, I can't tell if this is a serious blog. It's some dude called Andrinell, a uh, 34-year-old from South Africa, who's apparently... Um, wildly insane Christian. But like I said, <laughs> you can't tell if this is uh, some guy making fun of Christians or... Uh, some guy who is just a normal Christian. Some... <laughs> exactly. It's very difficult to tell the difference between crazed and religion. Alright, so um, he lists uh, 11 dangers of <laughs> masturbation <laughs> uh, in men... Number one, you get a bent penis, and he explains that a right-handed man pushes his penis left during masturbation, thus causing bending damage. Uh, (laughs) And uh, what about those of us who sit on our left hand until it's numb, that way it feels like a stranger? (laughs) (laughs) Number two, smaller penis. Doctors say that masturbation reduces a penis's size every time, just a little. Well, I am a doctor, and I definitely say that. 
it's a proven I, I've heard you fact. say it several times, uh, and you've uh, <laughs> you've given seminars on the danger of penis shrinkage due to winking. So you'll have a smaller penis if you masturbate. This is a scary medical fact for most men. Uh, and then he links to some sort of Ayurvedic cure for masturbation. <laughs> well, not only will you have a smaller penis, but it will become hooked. So it will be much like a duck, so they can hook it in and pin it like a barb. A smaller bent penis. Um, <laughs> a broken penis. Dennis Rodman, basketball legend, broke his penis during sex. Now, now this can't happen, unfortunately. The corpus yeah. cavernosum, the spongy tissue... Uh, you can uh it's filled with blood right and if if you're over vigorous you can push bend it and it's called a fractured penis uh you get uh, blood inside the uh area and it ends up scarring it down and it actually ends up bent yeah it actually happened to a buddy of mine in the military he came to uh work uh bitching and moaning about how much pain he was in because he was railing his wife too hard and she moved well, you know, clearly more commonly is masturbation fracturing that penis. Of course, because uh, when your hand is going nuts there, sometimes you get out of control and it flies off and you just hammer fist in. Right, you gotta, you got to remain absolutely still during masturbation, otherwise. <laughs> yeah, Bam, fracture. <laughs> uh, for lack of feeling during sex, well, we're all circumcised anyway, so there yeah, goes that one. Sex becomes painful. Scars and breakages caused by masturbation cause sex or masturbation become painful. Um, I actually did see a guy for friction burns caused by furious masturbation. Uh, blistering? No blistering, um, but, but definitely tears in the skin. Well, at Apparently. least he knew to use proper lubrication. Most guys would just spit in their palm. Six, tiredness. Masturbation uses a lot of energy. <laughs> well, he's right about that. Well, wouldn't that be a uh, a plus? Because if you work yourself till you're tired, that's like exercise, isn't it? Right, yeah. You're burning calories, right? No, the seven is no erection due to brain burnout. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I don't care how many times I've masturbated. You put a naked woman in front of me, uh, my brain is not going to be burned out. The sex part of the brain uses energy and can become burnt out. The brain gives energy, hormones, and nutrients which need to be replenished, and overuse can cause it to fail like a burned-out thyroid gland. Well, it's exactly analogous. My question is, how does the brain know the difference between the palm of your hand and a woman's vagina? Uh, masturbation also damages the brain by removing a lot of energy. That's why doctors suggest zinc supplements. Yes. Uh, that definite correlation there. The loss of power can cause the penis to atrophy. So not only is it small, but it's weak as well. Well, would the sphincter be considered masturbation? Because, I mean, if you're participating in <laughs> anal sex, it's not vaginal. Therefore, it's a lot like the fist. Obsessive thoughts, lack of concentration, filthiness. You will need to wash clothes stained by semen and take a bath. <laughs> Good Lord. Heaven forbid we wash our clothes or take a bath. Yeah, because it's, it's much usually. better for those uh, who haven't had sex for a while to have, uh, oh, I don't know, wet dreams and have to replace their entire bedding. Guilt, feelings, and depression. And number 11, development of piles or hemorrhoids. That's true. <laughs> so, wait, 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 wait. So, if I'm furiously masturbating to the point of getting blisters, I'm also going to get hemorrhoids? I love how the guy says that... Uh, there's no complete evidence of this presented by doctors as yet, but people who experience these problems link the two. 
is the only person who has linked these problems and experienced them himself. <laughs> In women, I don't even know why he does this, because women don't masturbate. No, no, there's absolutely no reason for a woman taking a bath to scoot right up against the nozzle. Lack of feeling over time, sex becomes painful, obsessive thoughts, lack of concentration, filthiness, these are kind of the same as men, guilt, feelings, depression, but number six is stretching the vagina. The, no, vagi the vagina can become stretched and disfigured by using a dildo. The disfigured? bigger it is, the more harm it can cause. Please be careful. If a woman is masturbating, I'm going to suddenly pull down her pants and there's going to be Quasimodo down there? There's a... a <laughs> it becomes disfigured using a dildo. Not with <laughs> sex, because no man's penis is as large as a dildo. <laughs> Just with masturbation. I wonder if if that also happens if you know just you know you don't always have a dildo or your batteries run out. Yeah. If you're you know double clicking the mouse, does that also happen? Does it become disfigured and stretched? Well, it, it must because although they're just double clicking and uh, flicking the bean, uh, there is the possibility that the bean suddenly becomes disfigured and starts talking to them. Oh, I guess <laughs> bean disfigurement. We can add that. That's number eight. <laughs> yeah. That's one we can add to his list. All right. Well, you've all been apprised of the dangers of masturbation, so stop doing it. Yeah. Otherwise, you will be much like me, and you will need a curse to try and bring it back to life. Yeah, and Leighton, stop doing it during this podcast. Damn it. Uh, skunk dicks? Should we go to skunk dicks? Yeah, we have ourselves a mother load of skunk dicks this week. Yeah, um... One of my favorites is, you know, this, this case in uh, Pakistan about this woman apparently got into an argument with one of her neighbors, and she made the mistake, apparently, she denies it, but she uh, is alleged to have made the mistake of saying that Muhammad has a mouthful of worms, which means that, <laughs> it means that he's lying, I guess. So this, yeah. uh, clearly, as in any rational country... Maybe caused her to be, be subjected to the death penalty. Of course. Yeah, I guess that what that's what happens when you have two million Christians living among 170 million Islamics. <laughs> now the um, Islamics. <laughs> I'm tired. Hey, we're doing this early, so kiss my ass. I realized what I said three seconds after I said it. Uh, so the government says, you know, yeah, of course, you guys are being absolute morons. Of course she's not going to be put to death. Uh, if it comes to that, we'll pardon her. Uh, so you'd think that would be the end of the story. No, a Pakistani cleric puts price on this condemned Christian's head, offering a bounty of nearly $6,000. Uh, he says, I will pay 500,000 rupees for the loyal follower of Muhammad who beheads Asia Bilbi. Yeah, now, not too much of a price for those of us who actually live in a first world country, but according to them, that's like six times their annual wages. The amazing thing to me is that this cleric who is offering this bounty, uh, it, it's also pointed out that because of the arguments going back and forth between everybody, that this could take years before this woman is pardoned. So just imagine how much money is going towards their government, towards keeping her in prison, paying her counsel, paying those who have to hear the arguments back and forth. 
this is a huge dump of money, and they're just flinging it at it because of a woman who said Muhammad is a liar. Well, and not only money, but just look very closely here at how religion devalues human life. Yeah. So apparently, you know, we hear from Christians all the time and how valuable a human life is. And, you know, heaven forbid you abort a, a fucking collection of cells in a, in a woman's body because it has a potential. It just has a very potential of becoming human. Now you have a full-grown human who, who no one debates is actually human. And well, that, I'm sure there are some that debate that. That life is worth less than a statement over Muhammad. I mean, come, come the fuck on, guys. Wake up. Yeah, way to come go. Come back to reality. Too. Yeah. Uh, what else you got? So next, we have the Omaha billboard. Now, this is one of my favorite because uh, there's this uh, this church group. Uh, the title of which is We Can Know. And they've been putting up billboards all over that say that Jesus is going to return on May 21st. Yeah, um, yeah, it always amazes me. Didn't Jesus himself say, No man can know, not even the Son knows, but only the Father in heaven? So not even Jesus knows. Apparently, um, again, God is like multiple personality. He yeah. knows, and he's holding this from Jesus and the Holy Ghost. <laughs> I know holding this. Holding it above his head. So it's, it's really God saying to Jesus, <laughs> I know, the people down there know, you're the only one in the dark. <laughs> Jesus you're is all jackass. pissed off over in the corner on his cloud. Yeah. No one can know, damn it. <laughs> Just let no. me know, God. Just let me know. <laughs> God, you're telling your people, come on, I, I, I was up on a cross for you. But these guys know. And it'll come on May 21st. Um, yeah, and they uh, it, it's hilarious. Their billboard is all about uh, these wise men following the star of Bethlehem. And the point of it, they state, is to spur the public's interest in the Bible, not to frighten anyone. Right, yeah. yeah. It's just yeah. the end of the fucking world. Don't worry about it. Yeah, don't worry about it. It's, uh, it's just an attempt to make you realize that you love God. You think those billboards will be up May 22nd? Uh, yes, because it will take them some time to obliterate all of them. Yeah, if history is any guide on May 22nd, they'll go, oh, hey, you know, we um, misinterpreted the scripture, um, but, you know, uh, November 21st, actually, it really will happen. Yeah, our calculations were off by one decimal point, so... <laughs> Uh, skunk dick number three, former employee sues Daystar over a fair. This is a Texas woman uh, who was promised a Christian working environment. Um, says she claims she was devastated after learning that her boss, a prominent televangelist, was having an affair and his company was trying to cover it up. I can't, you know, again, I'm, I'm, I am nothing short of shocked that this behavior would go on in a Christian organization. Yeah, yeah. The amount of skunk dickery, everybody's a skunk dick in this one. The woman suing the, the men who were running this uh, this Daystar television network. I mean, we're talking a whole slew of skunk dicks at this point. Because the guy who was actually participating in the affair, not only the fact was it skunk dickery of him to be fucking around on his wife, but he was doing it for seven years and he was using the money that they were getting from Christians to take this woman out and have the affair with. Uh, Christians, take note. 
all this money that you are um, giving to God doesn't go to Jesus. It goes to these asshole televangelists. Yeah. Why do you think they're driving around in fancy cars and flying in fucking private jets? Do you think God you, needs that? Yeah. How do you think they are single-handedly holding up the hairspray industry with the amount of hairspray they put in for their helmets? Stop fucking putting your money in these people's pockets. <laughs> well, I don't think anybody's ever going to learn. You know, the, the question was posed to me just last night. Do you ever think we'll be in a world without religion? And uh, my unequivocal answer is uh, no. There will always be religion because people are always stupid. All right, so what's your vote? Who, who is the skunk dick of this week of 2010? We're, we're running out of weeks in 2010, so... Wow, wow, I guess we're coming up on skunk dick of the year. Uh, I would say my vote goes towards uh, the Pakistani cleric. Uh, I mean, just the amount of religious stupidity in that one is pretty impressive. Uh, My vote goes to, I'm splitting my vote between the Pope, Glenn Beck, Mims Carter, and the guy who uh, had the affair on his wife. So basically religion in general. Yeah, I'm giving it to religion. <laughs> I think that's a good vote. Can I change mine? All right, let's feed that in. And it was Glenn Beck. Uh, I'm getting different results on my side. Uh, I think you might want to test the computer's uh, gatherings. It's definitely Glenn Beck. See, I'm getting... Military chaplains debate their role without don't ask, don't tell. Yeah, but I'm sure Glenn Beck's involved in that somehow. Well, he's probably, uh, well, I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm sure we'll see something in his show wherein don't ask, don't tell has something to do with Nazism, and the repealing of it will bring the end of the world. You know, they recently, uh, the Army itself recently um, released a report saying that, eh, doesn't really matter, right? It's not going to yeah. make any long-term difference if we get rid of this don't ask, don't tell and allow gays and homosexuals to uh, serve openly, right? Oh, but yeah. but 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 who's raising a stink now? The fucking chaplains! <laughs> yeah, and it's not even the chaplains that are in the military. These are retired chaplains. Yeah, uh, old white dudes, I'm imagining, um, in my head. This Here's- is what I love. This is retired Army Chaplain Brigadier General Douglas Lee, and this is his exact statement. Chaplains who aren't able to proclaim what they believe is true about this issue means that the soldier then, the airman, the sailor, the guardian, the marine, aren't able to get the full opportunity to hear religious faiths. Oh my god. So this gay dude uh, makes the chaplain feel uncomfortable by telling him that he's a sinner and will burn an eternal hellfire. But, you know, he, he that gay dude really needs to hear that. He, he yeah. doesn't get the full opportunity to hear these uh, religious bigotry. Yeah, and it takes away from the chaplain's right to be a bigot. Yeah, and that's, you know, that's the true that's, tragedy here. That's wrong. I can't that's wrong. be a bigot anymore. Let our chaplains within the military tell their gay jokes. I mean, have they not heard the one about the gay guy that farted after sex? I mean, seriously, they must tell these jokes. 
I fear, and many others fear, that down the road, knowing the other agenda items that are on the plate of those promoting a homosexual lifestyle, it's always, a, you know, the homosexual agenda, there would yeah. be a concern that chaplains would be restricted from proclaiming their faith tenets, says Lee. Isn't that horrible? You're, <laughs> you're restricting the freedom of speech of these chaplains. Let's see. Um, the homosexual uh, agenda... When are we going to see the homosexual Hitler? Because that dude is probably going to be so color-coordinated, it's going to be awesome. First they took the N-word away from us. Now we can't say faggot? I protest! I'm drawing the line. (laughs) You can restrict my freedom to be a racist, but don't take away my anti-homosexual bigotry. Uh, It has nothing to do with the fact that the Pentagon has already done all sorts of research on this, and they found that only three out of about 145 chaplains are even stating that they will quit if the law is changed. Three out of 145. I say, have at it, because then we get the bigots out of the chaplain business, and, and these people, who although stupid for believing religion, can actually have it without bigots. I say that's 142 too few. Yeah. The whole fucking chaplaincy needs to quit. Quit supporting well, these assholes with government funds. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to have a chaplain, uh, have them volunteer within the, the core themselves. They, these religious people want to be chaplains, fine. They, they can just be chaplains themselves and other things. It doesn't. You don't really need a chaplain by in and of itself to be paid for the stupid fucking role of being a chaplain. You know, instead of using government funds, they should have any church organization that wants a chaplet in there must pay for it themselves. And that includes food, lodging, flight to combat areas, so on and so forth. And bigotry training courses. Yes, they, they will takes, need those. It takes a lot to maintain their bigotry. All right, um, this podcast is actually about Judaism. So and we the talked, Judaic nation. And the Judaic nation. We talked to Abby last time, and we had some questions about it. And we're going to solve those questions uh, in this podcast. Do you really think you and I are of the caliber to solve questions? Well, fifty uh, percent of us are. Okay, good. Do you want you want to go first, or should I? I'm going to do the history of the Judaic nation, <laughs> and uh, you're going to go more on their beliefs, right? Yes, uh, I am going to cover... Uh, now, we spoke to Abby concerning a lot of the uh, the rules they have, and we spoke to her even touching on, uh, on miracles. And I've pulled up uh, not only the laws that they follow, but I found what a rabbi has to say about miracles, and I'm sure Charlie's going to have a shit fit once I read it. So uh, it actually doesn't matter to me. Uh, the only problem is, is usually when you start talking, you get awful long-winded, and then uh, no research from me comes out, and I get accused of Wikipedia. Well then, uh, have at it. <laughs> After all, I did read 613 commandments. This was like poking myself in the eye. Try, so, please, <laughs> please, please try to just hit the highlights on those. Uh, well, uh like we say, uh, we read the Bible so you don't have to. Uh, well, there's uh, unfortunately other parts of that. All right, so I'm going to move pretty quickly on these. So 13 through 17. Now, my numbering is probably off because I was deleting the ones that were just boring. Uh, so just bear with me. So 13 through 17 are to love other Jews, to love converts, 
not to hate fellow Jews, to reprove a sinner, and then I love number 17 because it says not to embarrass others. Doesn't 16 contradict 17? Because if you're reproving a sinner, that means you're going to embarrass them in front of people. Maybe you should just reprove them in private. <laughs> well, that takes all the fun out of reproving them. <laughs> but, uh, they've got some pretty crazy ones here. Like uh, The next one that I really enjoyed was not to make human forms even for decorative purposes. Now this comes from Exodus 20.20, 20, which is, And Moses said unto the people, Fear not, for God has come to prove you, and that his fear may be before your faces that ye sin not. How does that make any sense that that is decorative purposes from the human form? Plus, if you masturbate, you might get a fractured penis. <laughs> I'm sure that's one of the rules in here. And Moses added, Take some zinc. <laughs> <laughs> and the Lord said unto me, the eleventh commandment, take lots of seek. <laughs> All right, well, well, how about this one? Uh, to burn a city that has turned to idol worship. That there's a command to burn a city? Uh-huh. And it uh. comes from Deuteronomy 1317. Uh, and there shall cleave not of the cursed thing to thine hand. Blah, 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 yakety-schmackety. But it all comes down to, this dude put down the rule, you burn a city when it's turned to idol worship. That's awesome. So um, how come Rome conquered Judea? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's because they weren't following the very next commandment, which was not to be afraid of killing the false prophet, Deuteronomy 18.22. Ah, yeah, you know... I'm starting to see why the Jews were so rebellious. They're trying to, you know, follow these commandments. Well, all they're doing is... Uh, see, the, the funny thing is, is I think the Jews are trying to follow the Bible more closely than the Christians or anybody else. I mean, these guys are actually looking into Deuteronomy, the most fucked up book in the Bible, and saying, well, it's there, we got to follow it. Remember, this, this, th these unimportant laws were fulfilled in Jesus, and only the important laws continue. Yeah, yeah, we, we see that every day, the important laws of continue being a bigot against uh, oh, racism during the time, feminism, and now the gays. But it was the Christians who led the charge against uh, slavery, right? You know, when you hear that, um, they, they never mention that it was the Christians who were leading the charge for slavery as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that it, it was kind of split down the middle, you know, right. uh, other against brother. Right, Christians disagreeing with each other on it. It's not like, you know, all the Christians were anti-slavery and they're just a bunch of Jews and Muslims <laughs> in the United States. I don't the, forget the atheists and the agnostics. The southern we states. All know. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Filled with atheists, Jews, and Muslims in the south. Yeah, damn those sons of bitches. All right, uh, this one, this one is one that had me laughing. Not to swear in the name of an idol. Who the fuck cares? It's an idol. You guys don't even believe it's true, so you can't say, Ah, oh, Muhammad! That's why the Christians were martyring themselves. They couldn't swear by the genius of the emperor. They're just being good Jews. <laughs> That's a good point. All right. Now, I'm going to list off a bunch of rules, and then there's going to be one that has had me chuckling. All right, so these rules are not to perform of, which is medium, uh, not to perform yidoni, a magical seer, not to go into a trance to foresee events, not to engage in astrology, 
not to mutter incantations, not to attempt to contact the dead, not to consult the Yav, not to consult the Yadoni, not to perform acts of magic, and then da da da, not to be superstitious. Leviticus 19:26. Heaven forbid. That's just like these Christians saying, "Oh well, you know these other religions. That's just mythology, but you know Christianity. That's the truth." <laughs> We're not superstitious. We just believe a guy walked on water and uh, resurrected himself from the dead. Yeah, yeah. Who cares that he could turn water into wine? Uh, yeah, it's we're not superstitious. Yeah. I love these guys. Thou shalt not suffer a witch to live, uh, and don't be superstitious at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, perhaps they're talking about the smaller forms of superstition, like oh, if you uh, spill some salt, you shouldn't throw it over your shoulder. <laughs> don't walk under a ladder, right? You know, it's always the forms of superstition they don't like. They never differentiate, you know. Yeah, yeah. The own. forms of, of, uh, of superstition that uh, God hasn't come down and said, hey, 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 that's not so good. Right. Uh, well, uh, well, they've got some crazy ones. You know, they've even got a rule that you shouldn't tattoo your skin due to Leviticus 19.28. They've got a rule that women must not wear men's clothing, Deuteronomy 22.5. And they even have a rule that men must not wear women's clothing. Same Deuteronomy. I mean, it's just crazy. Apparently, transvestitism was rampant in ancient Jewish culture. Yeah, yeah. Well, the thought that went through my head as I was reading, and I did read all 600 and blah, blah, blah rules, the thought going through my head is, oh my God, this means that somebody back then was doing this, and they had to put a rule in place to put a stop to it. I don't know how you tell the difference. Aren't, aren't all the men wearing a bunch of robes and skirts anyway? Uh-huh. So what's the difference between a woman's skirt and a man's skirt, then? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Not like they were all wearing pants. Yeah. Yeah. It's nuts. Uh, well, this one was interesting. That each male must write a Torah scroll. And this is Deuteronomy thirty-one nineteen. Yeah, he was so, supposed to copy... Um, the Torah. That was kind of yeah. an obligation of a, of a Jew. Yeah, completely copy. And there, those who follow this rule in this modern day still have to do it. So, yeah. uh, I mean, it begs the question of, of literacy. Really, how many ancient Jews could actually write? And if you couldn't, then you, you know you you're displeasing God. Yeah. Well, now it just says must write a Torah scroll. You don't have to understand it, so I'm sure you could be illiterate <laughs> right. copy. <laughs> Oh shit. my god, that would be painstaking. Yeah, well, it would be painstaking either way. <laughs> all right, all right. So, about there were about 30 laws that I was just scratching my head at. And the reason I was scratching it is because they began something like this not to do prohibited labor on Yom Kippur, to rest from prohibited labor. And they just kept saying prohibited labor, prohibited labor, over and over again. And my thought is, is why not just say, don't do prohibited labor? It's prohibited. Well, do, they, do they ever define prohibited labor? No, they never define it. It's just not to rest from it, not to do it on Yom Kippur, not to do it on this holiday, da-da-da-da-da. And I'm sitting there going, why not just say, don't do prohibited labor? This is pretty much what kept the Pharisees so busy, you know. You have all these commands in there, but no real, you know, don't 
uh, break the Sabbath. And so the question was, how far could you walk on the Sabbath without breaking it? You know, that was never laid out. And so these guys are just making up all these rules. Well, here, you know, you can do this, you can't do that. You can do this, you can't do that. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, you can hire a Christian to do that yeah. <laughs> if you yeah. can't do it. You can't do it. I mean, after all, you can't do prohibited labor on the first day of Passover, so hire a Christian. What the fuck are you doing prohibited labor for in the first place? Prohibited means no. Well, you know, we, we've had many discussions about prayer on our show, and uh, one of them has been the whole point that when you're praying to God for something, God's sitting up there and going, you don't think I know what you need? I'm standing up here. I'm the one that is in everything. These guys have a rule about praying to God. To afflict and cry out before God in times of catastrophe. This is a rule they have. Anytime there's times of catastrophe, they have to cry out to God. Right, because otherwise God's playing Parcheesi over there and has no fucking idea. Yeah. Oh, oh wait, oh, hey, hang on a second. Shit, my <laughs> Jews are in trouble again. Oh wait, they're always in trouble. Well, it's a Sabbath. I can't actually do any labor, so sorry. I'll get sorry, to you tomorrow. labor. Didn't you guys read the last 30 rules? <laughs> Quit pestering me. Yeah, all right, all right. Well, for those who are women out there, uh, you should be pretty confident going into uh, marriage with a man, and the reason why is these next rules. Not to withhold food, clothing, and sexual relations from your wife. Exodus 21.10. My question is, what the fuck? You got a bunch of husbands out there who are basically saying, well, hon, I'm not going to feed you or clothe you this time, but yeah. Listen, honey, you're getting a little fat. I'm going to start withholding food. Yeah. Are you kidding me, woman? Every time I feed you, you grow a dress size and we have to go back to the store. I ain't feeding you. I ain't clothing you anymore. It's not that you're fat, but I have to keep buying more clothing. <laughs> uh, and uh, the sexual part, hun, you're a whale. I'm sorry. I, I'm just a little flaccid at the moment. Oh, God. <laughs> so they have to. Uh, there was no, obviously, ancient form of Hebrew Viagra. So, how in the world, if they're really tired and their woman's in the mood, are they going to keep that commandment? It's a rule. They have to it's keep it if they want to go to heaven. So I guess they better just start rubbing one out as fast as they can to get it up and going. Of course, then they suffer from crooked dick. There's <laughs> there's no real heaven, though, in Jewish theology at this point, was there? I don't think so. We're talking Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, yeah. Genesis. No, no real idea of the afterlife. That's why they had to punish the children, right? So you <laughs> you're rewarded in this life with, uh, you know, great children and, and uh, uh, material wealth and riches and that sort of thing if you, you were um, worthy. Um, but the punishment really, I mean, suppose you could take that stuff away, but uh, the true punishment was, you know, it'd be visited upon your children and your children's children under the seventh generation. Oh, we're getting to that. <laughs> they have some rules on that that are quite entertaining. All right, so... Uh... You guys, I, I brought up the rape scriptures in Deuteronomy because I didn't think there was any way to get around it. However, uh, they discovered a way. Their rule is the rapist must marry the maiden and then in quotations or parentheses, if she chooses. <laughs> so they're, they're upgrading there and making it a little more palatable uh, for the rape victim. 
look, yeah. you can choose to spend your life, the rest of your life, with your uh, rapist. Uh, but if you don't, then what happens? Well, she gets to choose whether or not she marries you and gets raped over and over for the rest of her life. Thanks but if, for but if but if she doesn't, does she at least get a cow or something? Well, see, there's a problem with that because if she doesn't, she's no longer a virgin, she's no longer pure, and they have a dozen rules which I just kind of deleted that uh, that deals specifically with women who are impure or men who are impure. So she's pretty much fucked either way. Gotcha, because um, under their little rule, their purity rules, no one wants to marry a woman who has already uh, had sex. Exactly. Because it has to be pure. So, so she's, it doesn't matter. She can choose or not. That That's ridiculous. It's She's still fucked. Well, if you remember the Deuteronomy scriptures, uh, if the woman is deemed to have not fought back hard enough, then it wasn't rape. Uh, you know, I think they, she should at least get a cow. Maybe a chicken. Yeah. Well, uh, we'll throw her a hamster. <laughs> Thou shalt have to give thy rape victim at least one guinea pig. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, these guys are nuts. They have rules where you can't marry the widow of your childless brother. <laughs> it's crazy the rules they have. And, you were uh, supposed to marry the widow of your childless brother to give her... Uh, sons. No, no, it's a rule. To do yibum, it's Deuteronomy 25.5, and that means, uh, oh shit, you're right, that means they have to marry a, right. the widow. They, one's they're child forced to marry, yeah, it's their duty, their obligation. This is <laughs> this is why the sin of Onan came up, right? Yeah, Onan that's right. was forced to marry his uh, his dead brother's wife, but if he gave her an heir... He'd lose the inheritance because now he's the you know oldest brother, and so uh, he practiced uh, coitus interruptus. <laughs> he yanked out, pulled out, squirted his seat upon the ground. God did not like that and struck him down. God's kind of a bastard. Again, he'll say, "Thou shalt not kill," but you know he gets pissed off. Bam, they're dead. Yeah, bam, there you go. Well, all right. Well, uh, one thing I discovered is that Leviticus is filled with sexual deviance, and the reason why is there's 21 goddamn rules about who you can have sexual relations with. You can't have sexual relations with your mother, your father's wife, your sister, your father's wife's daughter, your son's daughter, your daughter, your daughter's daughter, her daughter, her son's daughter, her daughter's daughter, father sister, mother's sister, father's brother's wife, son's wife, brother's wife, wife's sister, with a beast, uh, and that's for a man, and with the beast for a woman. No homosexual relations, no homosexual relations with your father, no homosexual relations with your father's father, and finally, we get down to not to have sexual relations with someone else's wife. 21 rules before they get to, oh, and before we forget, don't, don't sleep with another man's wife. They had to stick the beast in there because people were going, fuck this, I'm just going to fuck a cow. <laughs> I don't know wait, who wait, I wait, can wait. and who I can't fuck. I can't keep track of this shit. Yeah, wait, wait, wait. I can't have sex with my daughter's daughter. That's it. Bring the cow. Rooster, <laughs> you're up. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's just nuts. And you remember how we were talking about uh, that it's punished, the children are punished. They have a rule 
that you can't keep a third-generation Egyptian convert from marrying into the Jewish people. Who cares about the fact that the last two generations have been Jews this entire time? You have to wait till the third generation before you can allow them to marry into the Jewish people. Right. Um, there, There's some rule about uh, the non-Jews... Um, under the tenth generation, they couldn't go into the temple. Under the tenth generation, they couldn't. Um, they weren't considered Jews until <laughs> the tenth generation after conversion. <laughs> Jews are very particular. I, I don't know how you keep track of this shit. You know, three uh, generations down, you're like, oh fuck. Um, wait, was this the three, fourth or the four. third generation? Maybe it was the second. <laughs> Seriously, do you have to walk around with a portfolio of who you are? Ridiculous. Yeah. Well, All right. Bring it all home one? for us. Bring, oh, it, it's coming. This one I like because it's not to make pleasurable sexual contact with any forbidden woman. And that to me states, because Jews are all, all about getting around rules, that means you can cre- have sexual acts which aren't fine and pleasurable, such as the Dirty Sanchez. Right, well that's allowed. God doesn't mind it. God doesn't clean. mind uh, the donkey punch and such things that. that are unpleasurable. Cleveland steamer, you know, it's okay. (laughs) As long as you don't derive pressure from it. All right, all right. Here's one that we missed for crazy shit in the Bible. Not to benefit from an ox condemned to be stoned. Exodus 21, 28. If an ox gore a man or a woman, that they die, then the ox shall be surely stoned, and his flesh shall not be eaten, but the owner of the ox shall be quit. (laughs) Damn it! <laughs> yeah, and that that includes fucking the ox. Yeah, you cannot that benefit includes... in any way. <laughs> no ox jerky either. No, no. You, if the ox has been stoned, you cannot benefit from it. Uh, it's insane. I mean, they have rules where. You uh, can't offer animals brought by a, by, or excuse me, bought by the wages of a harlot. Uh, you, if a, if a woman has vaginal issues, she must be cleansed. If a man has urinary tract issues, he must be must be cleansed. I mean, we're talking. It's nuts the amount of rules these guys have. Yeah, they're all about the purity. All right, so the last one that I'm even going to mention, trust me, if you want to torture yourself, read through all 613, and there are even some interesting ones that I left out. The last one that I'm going to even mention is keep the laws of the captive woman, Deuteronomy 21.11. So even in this day and age, if there's a captive woman, they have to keep the laws, they can't sell her into slavery, and they can't retain her for servitude after having sexual relations with her. That is mighty forward-looking. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm glad they can state that if you've had sex with her, you can't keep her in servitude. Well, Thomas Jefferson, you can learn a few things from that. <laughs> well, I don't think he learned all that much. But uh, All right, well, well, how about this rule, Charlie? Uh, this one's a real winner. Not to let a mamzer, a child born to an adulterous married woman, Marry into the Jewish people. Deuteronomy twenty three three. That's what a mamzer is. That's what a mamzer is. A child born to an adulterous married woman. No. <laughs> well, you don't know if that kid is a product of the adultery or a product of her marital relations. 
Well, they knew. In the absence they even of, have a term for a mamser. <laughs> in the absence of DNA, they don't know. So what they're doing is they're taking the safe bet and saying, we're just assuming this kid's a bastard, essentially. Yeah. And uh, we're not going to allow him to uh, engage in any inheritance because we cannot be certain of his lineage. Well, of course. Uh, they're taking a look at the mother and going, oh my gosh, did you see her ankles? What a floozy. And yeah. apparently her children are bastards. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> even though, you know, she's in that marital relationship, again, uh, religion causes you to punish the child for something that he's completely innocent of. Who cares <laughs> if the kid is a product of the adulterous affair? Is it the kid's fault? He's impure from the very beginning. Impure beginnings mean an impure child. We have to wait till the third generation for this boy uh, to actually have uh, generations that can be married in. But had God given us DNA testing back then, you could have been able to determine it. Or, you know, why not go to the priest and say, here's my kid, he's five years old. Is this my kid, or is he uh, the product of some illegal fucking? That's very true, because the priests have the ear of God, so why right. is it this wasn't being done? <laughs> exactly. I mean, you know, Jews, if anything, are pragmatic. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you get the sense they know that they don't have any supernatural powers or access to information that's not available to anyone else. If they did, this rule wouldn't be in place. No. The pragmatic route to take, I suppose, is to just assume this kid is not uh, a Jew or, or not the product of a approved marital relation and, and exclude him. But again, again, you're punishing the kid for something he has absolutely no responsibility for. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, they have they have all sorts of rules for their priests. Even I mean, uh, the high priest must not marry a widow. The high priest must not have sexual relations with a widow, even outside of marriage. Uh, you got to love that they added that one in because you know what was going on. The the high priest <laughs> must marry a virgin maiden. All of this from Leviticus. Like I said, if anything else, I've learned that Leviticus is all about putting a stop to sexual deviance. And if the um, high priest rapes a virgin female, then she, <laughs> of course, has the choice to marry him or not, right? Yeah, yeah. She has the choice to marry him or not. So uh, that, that, once again, we pointed out the Jews have a great way of getting around loopholes. So there you go. Yeah, Um Actually, it's, it seems very much that um, Judaism is pro-rape. <laughs> I like these guys. I, I think I'm going to convert after reading all 613 of their laws. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you better fucking wallpaper your bedroom with all these wall uh, laws. Are you kidding <clears throat> me? I would never stop dreaming about that shit. It'd be like a nightmare. <laughs> God, what if I'm violating law 532? Yeah. I could be. Well, you know, uh, 532 is not to work different animals together. Deuteronomy 22.10. <laughs> Thou shalt not plow with an ox and an ass together. That is seriously a rule. Apparently you have to leave your ass at home before you go out to plow. Yeah, yeah, well... <laughs> you, you, you can't have that ox and that ass work together... Because 
I, I it's an abomination, fathom, that's why. I can't even fathom why this would even be in the Bible. Because you're building up a bond between the ox and the ass, and that ox might really get attracted to that ass. All of a sudden you hear, bow, bow, bow. <laughs> God's like, no, hands off my ass. Oh, hell no, I'm the only one that has that ass. <laughs> <laughs> I want access to that ass exclusive to myself. Well, I gotta admit I did discover that Jews are are very animal conscious. Uh, peta, pita, however you say that shit, would be very proud proud because they have a rule not to slaughter an animal and its child on the same day. So that's very kind, but keep in mind also that uh, they have a rule that if um, somebody rapes a cow... <laughs> <laughs> Both the rapist and the, and cow, the cow have to be put to death. <laughs> that, I mean, <laughs> we're talking these poor things, they're getting stoned. <laughs> right, they, they don't know. The fuck is up? The yeah. shit? Someone's raping my ass. What the uh, hell? Well, now they're well, throwing well, rocks at me. <laughs> fuck you, people. All right, so, uh, Charlie, I, I really want to know your opinion on these next two laws. Uh, the first one is. Bring an Asham Talui, which is a temple offering, when uncertain of guilt. Leviticus five seventeen through 18. So if you are uncertain of guilt, you need to bring a temple offering. So basically, you wake up and you're like, God, did I wank off yesterday? Uh, <laughs> well, give me a temple offering. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> Better to be safe than sorry. Yeah, well... Especially considering the very next law is bring an Hashem Vadai temple offering when guilt is ascertained. So you're fucked coming and going. Even if you're uncertain of guilt, you have to bring a temple offering. When it's been ascertained, you have to bring a temple offering. Are they different? I mean, do you have like a I'm not sure temple offering, like a squirrel, and then uh, I'm absolutely sure, and that has to be a goat? Well, you, you may be right, because for when you're unsure, it's the Asham Talui. When you're sure, it's the Asham Vadai. I love it. You got this moron. You're like, again, you're not sure? Again? Why don't you come back when you're certain this time? <laughs> just not sure. I'm just Get not sure. Sense. Bring me back an Asham Vadi, because we yeah. all know that you did it. You get the sense that these Jews are like Flanders in The Simpsons, right? Well, I don't know. I might have sinned every fucking day with you. <laughs> we realize that you were filling our coffers, but come on, we have to spend time with you. Awesome. All right, all right. Well, explain these rules to me. Not to steal money stealthily, Leviticus 19.11. Not to rob openly, Leviticus 19.13. So if I'm... <laughs> If I'm unstealthy about stealing money, it's okay. And if I rob out of the open, it's okay. Well, you're banned from both, right? You can't steal stealthily and you can't steal openly. Don't, why don't they just say you can't steal? Well, they don't they really use, have to... They use two different words on it, though. Steal <coughs> and rob. So I believe, as a Jew out there, you could twist those rules a little bit. I mean, one of the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not steal. Why do you have to uh, clarify? That seems like it doesn't need any clarification. 
that's that's my exact point. What, what the fuck is with the clarifications here? Thou shalt not steal. Um, let me clarify. Thou shalt not steal <laughs> in a car. Thou yeah. shalt not steal in a bar. <laughs> I, I assume that Dr. Seuss must have been a Jewish dude who had to make all of this. <laughs> all right, well, well I lo- this one's a good one. Canaanite slaves must work forever unless injured in one of their limbs. So if you're Canaanite out there, just bang the shit out of your left arm. Unless, of course, that's your <laughs> masturbation arm. <laughs> you show up. Oh, God. Workers' comp. I got an elbow bursitis. Yeah. I can't work anymore. I know I'm a slave, but a tennis elbow has really been getting me today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn it. You're free. You found our loophole. Yeah. Yeah, well... <laughs> <laughs> but Israelites um, can only be enslaved for seven years, right? Then you got to send them free. No, no. Uh, Leviticus twenty five forty six, or oh, excuse me, you said Israelites, yes. Yeah. But Canaanite slaves, they must work forever unless they're injured on one limb. Right. All right. So uh, they hate the Canaanites because the next rule is destroy the seven Canaanite nations not to let any of them remain alive. Wipe out the descendants of Amalek. Uh, They are just all about destroying these people. If if a Jew has a grudge against you, it's forever. Yeah, that's, um, again, the wonderful uh, ethics of Yahweh uh, come to the fore, because here you have uh, the command for genocide. I mean, yeah. specifically, until not one of them shall live. I mean, come on. It doesn't get any more genocidal than that. Yeah. Look, if you know, and probably the, the Holocaust is due to their failure to kill the Canaanites. I bet I agree. Hitler was a Canaanite. That's my guess. Well, somebody has to be. <laughs> There's got to be someone out there for you to hate. All, All right, right, so how, how about we do three more rules, and then we just uh, put an end to this uh, barrage. So these come from Deuteronomy 17, 16, and 17, and the rules are the king must not have too many not, too many wives, too many horses, and too much silver and gold. Just who defines what too much is, though, and too many? That's the problem with God, man. He, he puts all these rules out and doesn't give any specifics. They're all generalities. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, I, I wanted to end on that note just because, really, who defines too many and too much? Seriously. You'd think if God thought the rule was important enough to put out, he, it would be important enough to actually define. Yeah, yeah, well, apparently not. <laughs> so anyway, there's mine. Are, are, are you ready for your work? Uh, well, you've actually... Um, talk about me being long-winded. You, you actually took the entire time, you fucking dick. Well, wait, 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 wait. This is a new precedence in irreligiosity. I have used up all the time, and now Charlie's well-researched work goes the way of the trash bin. I like this. Well, we'll, we'll probably come back um, as an apology for this podcast and how poorly uh, researched and presented it was, and we'll, we'll produce my podcast. Fucker. You fucker, do you have any idea how much research I've had to throw out because we never come back to my research? (laughs) (laughs) Well, kiss my ass. I am boycotting any more podcasts on this. 
that's not really a loss, though. That's know, true. That's if, true. Uh, I mean, after all, the best I could come up with is uh, you have to send a girl free after you have sex with her. All right, so sometime later we'll come back and do um, my research, which is the history of Judaism. But next week we actually have uh, our debate with evidence for faith, our, our quote, conversation. Yes, our conversation with evidence for faith, and it ought to be very interesting as uh, many of their claims are towards the idea that these gays out there committing suicide due to the oppression is really the atheist's fault. Well, it's all the atheist's fault because we don't have any morals. The only standard of morality is uh, that you can get the only possible basis for morality is Christianity. That's true. That is very true. So I'm looking so, forward uh, to that. I'm chomping at the bit to, to um, wrestle. I actually couldn't sleep guys. last night. I kept thinking about it. <laughs> I mean, awesome. that's how sad it is. And uh, I would um, impress upon our readers the, the importance of... We, we've been nominated for the podcast award again this year. And <laughs> Nothing <clears> like <throat> an insignificant <laughs> award. <laughs> it, it really means a lot to us. So yes. if, if you guys... I, I will... I will cry and shit myself if we don't win. Uh, it was a it was a tremendous blow to our ego last year that we did not win it, and it went to uh, uh, was it reasonable doubts? I don't know. I don't care. I just love that he couldn't pronounce us last year or this year. <laughs> I didn't learn anything in the twelve months. <laughs> <clears throat> I, I'm just amazed after the. Um, jokes we had at his expense that uh, Cochrane actually, uh, it's testament to me that he doesn't listen to the podcast. That's very true, which tells me that we need to throw out even more offensive jokes to try and get his attention. <laughs> Alright, so uh, vote for us daily. Don't for, vote for us. The only reason to vote for us is because, trust me, if we get nominated, we will call into that show, and they will regret it. Right, if we win... Uh, it's live, <laughs> and they give us like five minutes to talk. So, oh, good lord, uh, that that would be things we can say in five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> now, that having been said, remember no spam bots, no script uh, uh, voting, anything like that. Just go there, click once a day, and, and vote for us. Um, and we promise you, uh, it'll be worth it. We'll have that little clip if we actually win. Uh, we'll post that clip on one of our future podcasts. Yeah, uh, give us our five minutes. It'll be worth it. All right. Um, we will probably not be doing a podcast next week. We'll just point you guys to the evidence for faith. So we'll see you again in two weeks. Sounds good. Bye-bye. <laughs>